This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. The fifth episode of Sparky's Midday Madness as we wrap up a Friday, getting you ready for the Rami Show coming up from 3 to 6 this afternoon. And then don't forget, Brewers and Pirates tonight. After the last pitch, you'll always make the switch to Tim Allen and the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk some Badger football Jay Kokorowski, as spring practices have been underway, there are some spring games this weekend. Uh, a lot of SEC schools have spring games uh, this weekend. So we'll talk to Jay Kokorowski from BadgerBlitz.com coming up uh, in about 15 to 20 minutes or so. And then after him, we'll check in with Crunchy. Kevin Holden, the sports director at CBS 58, get his thoughts on what's going on with this Brewers baseball team to this point because he is a diehard uh, baseball guy. And I really want to get his thoughts on Ryan Tapera and what he had to say today. Now, if you don't know who that is, that is the Cubs pitcher who uh, apparently decided that he was going to throw behind Brandon Woodruff uh, in that last Cubs game of that series. Or second to last Cubs game of that series, I should say. And caused all the outrage. And then after the game was done, Wilson Contreras, the Cubs catcher, came out and said, yeah, maybe he, maybe, you know, he got screwed up here. Probably should have thrown at a position player instead of throwing at a pitcher. Well, Ryan Tapera is um, met with the media today because he got suspended for three games, and he is it's going to be uh, appealing that, so he'll be able to play uh, at that point. So check this out. Here are some of the comments uh, by Ryan uh, Tapera. He says, 
and this is from Megan Montemurro on Twitter, who covers the Cubs. Ryan Tabera says he's surprised by suspension. Quote, I believe over time, baseball has changed. And to be blunt, today's baseball has become a bit soft. Back in the day, matters were settled on the field. There was no malicious intent. It was a message that we'd had enough. That's from Ryan Tapera. I I simply have this question. It's a real simple question, right? Do you agree with Ryan Tapera that baseball has become soft in its current state? Do you believe that baseball has become soft? Now, I, I will tell you uh, that, yes, I, I, I agree with Ryan Tapera. Yes, I think baseball has become soft. But to, to be honest, I think the National Football League has become soft as well. I believe the NBA has become soft as well. NHL, I don't watch enough. Those three for certain have definitely become soft. If you look at the National Basketball Association, you can barely touch a guy without having a whistleblower at this point. There's no hand checking. There's no nothing. Back in the day, I mean, you could argue that it was a wrestling match down underneath in the 90s and it was too physical, but they went the exact opposite way. Why did they go the exact opposite way? To increase scoring. People like scoring. I always say it, and the diehard baseball fans always get upset at me when I say it. People would rather watch a 7-5 baseball game than they would rather watch a 1-0 baseball game. It's just true. You're flipping through the channels and you see some guy hit a home run, more than likely you're probably going to stop for a little while. If you're flipping through the channels and you see a 0-0 game, you're probably keep on going. It's the same reason why people say soccer is boring and so forth because there's not enough action, not enough goals scored. And if you don't appreciate the game and understand the nuances of the game, it's not going to be a sport for you. Without question. So now here you go. You have a, a pitcher on the Chicago Cardinals, I mean the Cubs, uh, in Tapera, uh, who, and I meant to say Chicago Cardinals, in case you didn't think I did. A guy in Tapera here who decided he was going to take it upon himself to settle things on the field in his way. And you have a manager in the opposing dugout in Craig Council who doesn't believe in that stuff. Played the game. Number of years. Been managed by a lot of different personalities. A lot of different belief systems. From high school to college. Pat Murphy in college. All the way up through the pros and all the different stops that he had. Arizona, Florida, Colorado. So, completely different. Council went as far as to say that, you know, guys intentionally throwing at people should be more than a suspension. They should, it should be even farther than that. They should take it even farther than that. But I remember growing up, again, 44, right? 44? Yeah, 45 a minute. And we've talked about this before, the Brewers-White Sox series with Gardner and Terry Bevington. Man, those guys would brawl at the drop of a hat. Every game, it felt like they were getting into fights in that series. Like, every game. They'd brawl on the buses going to the games. They'd brawl in the parking lots. They'd brawl in the bleachers. The fans, that is. The players, they didn't get along. And when we always talk about with Gary Ellerson about Forrest Gregg and Ditka and how those two coaches hated each other and kind of put it into the team— It was really not that much different in Milwaukee with Phil Gardner's distaste for Terry Bevington and Terry Bevington's distaste for Phil Gardner, and those two guys led that little rivalry as it went on. Because again, 
they were both in the same division. They were both in the AL. So from, from that perspective, it was a little bit different. Were they both in the same division? Brewers were in the East. The White Sox in the West back then? In the 80s? I'd have to go back and look. But either way, they were both in the AL. So from that perspective, that that really brought it to the next level. So the question just is, do you agree with Tepe- Ryan Tapera, who says, simply put, that baseball's become soft. Pretty simple. It's become soft. I believe over time, baseball has changed to be blunt. Today's baseball has become a bit soft. Back in the day, matters were settled on the field. There was no malicious intent. It was a message that we'd had enough. Now, think about this for a second. What would have been worse? That to para through the ball behind Brandon Woodruff, or if he would have hit Brandon Woodruff on a pitch in the upper arm or something like that. He didn't hit him. So which one is really worse? To me, throwing behind a guy, yeah, it's a little, it's for effect. If he wanted to hit Woodruff, he would have hit Woodruff. He would have. But he wanted a reaction and he wanted to send a message. And that's what happened. I think I'd argue, if you want to be mad at me and you want to throw behind me, I'd rather have that than getting some chin music up on top or having somebody drill me in the ribs with a fastball. I'd rather have you miss me on purpose to send a message of we're done with this versus getting hit by a fastball in the rib cage. So if anything, I mean, I guess you could go back to Tapera and go, have you become a little bit soft? What like you hit him? You threw behind him. And he was surprised, very surprised, that the, that he got suspended. Because again, he didn't hit Brandon Woodruff. Didn't hit him. What got him in trouble, to be honest, was Wilson Contreras, who outed him on TV. Had Wilson Contreras not outed Tapera on TV, I don't know if he gets more than a game. Instead, he gets three. His manager gets one, which, again, I don't know if David Ross gets one if Contreras doesn't out him on TV talking about doing it intentionally. And Contreras, he walks away from this whole thing scot-free. And he was the one kind of in the middle of the whole thing. Not because he wanted to be, but he was the one that kept getting drilled by pitches. He was the one that was running his mouth a little bit. And he walks away scot-free. Plucker, you're obviously not as old as I am. Do you think baseball has become soft? I argue all sports have become soft at this point, but what do you think? Yeah, I echo that sentiment. I do think that most sports have turned soft, but also because I think we're developing as a society a little bit too, uh, just being quite frank. Uh, But also wanted to say as well, Wilson Contreras – he did get a game suspension as well. Oh, as, he did get a game. Yes, as okay. well as David Ross. The so Ross I knew. Yeah, they, I didn't see the Contreras yes, one. Contreras also got one game. But honestly, is that enough? Probably not. So Contreras got one for telling everybody what happened. Pretty much. Well, you have to think he's also the catcher, so he's the one potentially signaling to the pitcher, hit him. No, because Contreras said he didn't want to hit the pitcher. He wanted to hit a position player. But he still admitted that they were going to, to hit, hit somebody. somebody. Which he didn't do, by the way. Tapera didn't hit anybody. No, he didn't. That's my point in all of this, is he can say it's soft, but dude, you didn't even hit the guy that you were trying to hit. That's why I, again, just me, I'd rather have you throw at Yelich, Kane, Garcia, Kessit Hira. You want to throw behind him and not hit him? 
You can do that all day long and try and prove a message. Have at it. Just don't hit my guy on the hand. Don't hit my guy in the knee. Don't hit my guy in the rib cage. Because right. if you do that, that's going to hurt a heck of a lot more to that player and possibly to our team if something breaks than if you throw behind him to make yourself look like tough guy uh, and miss my player on purpose. He could have hit Woodruff if he wanted. Don't tell me that a Major League Baseball pitcher misses by that much on mm-hmm. accident. He was trying to miss. He wasn't trying to hit him. Right. He was trying to miss. And then Woodruff starts running his mouth. Seriously. My, my thing to Woodruff would be like, so do you think that he was trying to hit you and missed by that much? Because if that's the case, he shouldn't be on the mound. Or he needs glasses. Well, I mean, also, if you're aiming for somebody's ankle, that's not a very big target. So I, I, I get it to a degree because you don't want to hit the pitcher up by his arm, I suppose. And I mean, honestly, a leg could almost do more damage, I guess, if you're looking at it one way because of the way that you plant and push off your your individual feet while you're pitching. But yeah, that was a bit of it was not a great throw. And, and it, back to like turning soft. It's also pitchers are throwing harder than they ever have before. No like 10 years ago, you look at the average fastball speed and like barely anybody was topping well, yeah. hundred miles per ba- hour. Ba- like, that Aralus Chapman's in the league. He's like one of like one or two guys, three guys that are throwing that hard. Back right. in the day of Nolan Ryan, there was him. That yeah. was the guy. And, and now like, it seems like everybody is at least like, yep. a- at least once a game hitting a hundred miles an hour on no a doubt. gun or getting damn near, if not. Right. And, now, like that can literally do severe damage to people if you throw a hundred miles per hour at somebody's head. So I think I think people have realized like we can actually do long term damage to people if we throw this hard, and that's not really what we're trying to do. We're just trying to send a message. Tim Mumo was on yesterday from Brew Crew Ball. Just tweeted at me, "Hey Sparky Radio, the Braves are doing the Brewers' bidding today. They hit Contreras in the very first inning. Clearly, Council sent word to Atlanta to throw at him, or you know." It is what Contreras does, so he needs to stop whining about it with a laughing emoji. Absolutely. He crowds the plate, and he's going to get hit all year. And that's why you wear the armor on your elbow to make sure that when you do get hit, you don't get yourself hurt, and you go to first base. It's the exact same thing like we talked about earlier in the week, like Ricky Weeks. Right. It's the same thing, Dan. Also, I'm going to go back and retract my statement from earlier. Contreras actually did not get suspended. So that was, was a right. report from 2017 that Thank somebody you. had shared, so I was thinking correct. that it was this season. So that's my mistake for, for missing good. that. So Contreras has not been no. suspended. And I didn't think he would be. So, again, so from that perspective, uh, he does not get suspended. He walks, and now he gets plunked again uh, today in the game uh, against the Atlanta Braves. So, uh, from from the perspective of has the game gone soft, I think you're right in the aspect, Plucker, of society is changing, and as society changes, people change, sports change, and all of that. Uh, and I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I am kind with Tapera, man. Let these guys police themselves. I mean, that, that's what this whole thing was supposed to be about to begin with, right? You were supposed to police yourselves. You want to start throwing at our guys? Fine, then you're going to get hit too. And you may you may not like it. You may not agree with it, but it seemed to work for, what, 100 years? That's how long baseball's been around at least? That's how they've done it? Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Maris, Cal Ripken, go back, Reggie Jackson, Dave Parker, whoever, Molitor, yeah, that's how it was for all those years. And now they've decided, nope, 
we don't want retaliation. We want no fighting. Hit 100 guys. Don't care. You better not retaliate. And I wonder if this is almost part of the underlying message of let the kids play or however MLB is phrasing it but nowadays. But let the kids play is, is all the showboating and stuff like Tatis Well, exactly. Does. All, all the stuff that you, you used to get hit for doing that kind of stuff. Right. And so I think they're trying to make... The unwritten rules of baseball go away. All of the old style, we're going to throw at you if we don't think you fit in, going back to Jackie Robinson and, and the days of that and yep. the horrible things that happened to him in his career. And like slowly since then, I think the game has been advancing to a stage where we're letting pretty much anything go and more right. of the unwritten rules of baseball are, getting, are thrown out. getting thrown out. Exactly. And so that's why I think this let the kids play is the last push to kind of get rid of the unwritten rules of baseball altogether because I think there's such a negative like connotation to everything that goes on with all of those. Yeah, no question about it. Coming up next, uh, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go to Badger football. They've had spring practice going on here. Uh, for the last week or so, and we'll get with the comments and thoughts from Jake Hokarowski from BadgerBlitz.com and see what he uh, is seeing and hearing about this Badgers football team uh, and how we can expect to see them coming up in the fall. Uh, and, of course, got to get an update on Grant Mercy, how he's doing. I don't know if you all saw that video that they did. Was it last week, end of last week, early this week, of how they bring in the new bowl game trophy uh, and they put it down and they tell Grant Mertz to stay away from it? Don't go near it. You understand? Do not go near it. And he's sitting there like almost having the sweats. And eventually he's got to go run and pick it up and the whole deal. And then he acts like he almost drops it. Uh, it was a pretty funny video. Very nicely done uh, by the Badgers putting that video together with Mertz uh, and the trophy. All right, coming up next, Jake Kokorowski of Badger Blitz here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer with you. Rami Makhlouf, the Rami Show, comes up here at 3 o'clock on The Fan today. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Jake Kokorowski from BadgerBlitz.com. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's been a while, brother. Good to hear you. It has been a while. You were at Badger Blitz, you left, and now you're back. Yep, I'm back. Uh, you know, fortunate that you know John McNamara brought me back on and doing some in between my stay-at-home dad duties with all the virtual learning earlier this year. You know, and doing some special projects for Badger Blitz, and that includes covering spring ball. Uh, the, these what's it, seven practices that are open to us now uh, for for spring, and just uh, having a good time with it. How is the uh, whole stay-at-home uh, thing going for you? I mean, you have to have a lot of patience to be a stay-at-home parent. <laughs> It was a challenge where I have three boys. Uh, one's in third grade. I uh, love you, Eli. And then my twins are six. And it just. You have twins? Uh, yeah, we have twin boys that are six that are oh. that just started kindergarten. Oh, experienced classroom. They were in 4K for a while, but it wasn't like, you know, they had the full day routine. Right. They're now getting. It. And actually, Eli went back to school this week. So it's been like quiet. So it's been like. So you had like the hustle and the bustle of getting assignments done. And, you know, you're also just trying to, like, work through and read. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, I haven't used some of those math skills or the, <laughs> the literacy. Well, it's all <laughs> new math now on top yeah. of it. Yeah, so there's all this different stuff going on that you're just like, oh, wait, I should really read up on this and what I'm supposed to be doing now uh, and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, it was good, though. I mean, Bond of the Boys, you know, that's time that's, you know, I'll never, you know, that I'll always, that I'll always cherish. And it's something that, you know, we, we, 
having like us together, you know, like that, um, something that I won't, you know, probably have again because they're always so busy with everything. But, you know, now they're, they're, at, they're at school like four days out of the week now, and now it's really quiet in the household. So I'm watching a lot of WrestleMania and catching up on a lot of WWE stuff in between my reporting. You and Bart Winkler would get along very well in the morning talking wrestling. <laughs> hey, Ari, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the Badger spring football practice, and that's really why I wanted to get you on. Now, the Badgers in basketball did get a transfer, did get a commit, earlier today, but I want to stick with football. So when we look at spring practice right now and how this all shapes up, first things first, you've been there. Graham Mertz, tell me about how he is physically. How is he doing mentally coming off of what happened last year? I mean, looking off of what he's done, like we've only seen two of the eight practices that have been uh, allotted to us. You know, they were supposed to be, be there last Thursday, but uh, inclement weather, some rain forced them inside and we weren't able to uh, go in there with them. But we've watched two practices. And, and honestly, through that, you know, I've watched him through those two practices. I haven't seen him throw an interception yet. I think he's still got a good zip on the ball. I think he's confident with where he's throwing to. He looks like, you know, I, I think he's been looking good. And, and he's hit, uh, you know, Danny Davis, A.J. Abbott on some nice, you know, uh, crossing patterns or it looks like like skinny posts here sure. and there. Uh, you, you've seen him, you know, I think he's just done a really good job uh, w- with the ball. And I mean, the zips there, uh, I think he's got the command. Uh, and, you know, it, last year was tough. Uh, and, you know, and he, you know, I know the UW Badgers had an article talking about uh, during the, you know, I think it was during the Michigan game where he, he had a, you know, he suffered a, uh, an injury to his throwing shoulder, which, you know, he, when I, when, you know, when I asked him about that a couple of weeks back, he said he, he wasn't making any excuses for it, uh, for how he played at the end of the year. So, I mean, I think he's, he's going to learn from what happened last year and what happened in, in 2020, where he started off hot and then uh, kind of fell off, uh, you know, mid, you know, I'd say midway through that season. And uh, now we're seeing him emerge. And I, I think, you know, he's, to me, he looks sharp uh, through, you know, the two practices that we've been able to see. Talking with Jay Kogorowski of BadgerBlitz.com. Read all of his stuff. Uh, they got really uh, a really good crew over at BadgerBlitz.com. Raul Vasquez does a great job. John McNamara, of course, our guy, has been with us uh, for a long time as well. Ben Wurgle is over there. Make sure to check it all out, BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, all right, let's get back to uh, the wide receivers. You brought up Danny Davis and those guys. What does this wide receiving core look like? Are they going to maybe have to have a freshman play this year? I mean, I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, for any freshman, first off, I think it's one of those things where they have to be physically ready. Uh, and then on top of that, then if they're physically ready, it's them processing that notebook or that work, not notebook, a playbook, I should say, and just going through and, and mastering, you know, where they need to be uh, and being game ready there. And I mean, I think, you know, with two wide receiver signees and Skylar Bell and Marcus Allen, I think that wide receiver room is going to get a lot, you know, get really good. You know, I think even this year, uh, if you have a healthy Danny Davis, who I thought on Saturday looked really sharp uh, in terms of what he did uh, in reeling in passes and whatnot and getting past defenders, uh, you know, you have, of course, Kendrick Pryor. And, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't participate on Saturday, but, you know, he suited up and did, did a little bit of work on Tuesday. And, I, you know, I think, you know, a healthy Kendrick Pryor, you can, you've seen what he's done on end arounds. He can also make some plays in the passing game. Uh, those those are kind of the proven contributors, and you know we saw Jack Dunn did too. Uh, the, the walk on from you know a, a nearby it was at Edgewood High School here in Madison, uh, and he stepped up last year when when injuries hit the group. But uh, it will be interesting to see just who else uh, emerges when it comes to this position group. Where once if injuries do hit, you know who else besides Dunn is going to step up? And and Chimray DK from you know from from y'all where, where y'all are at, uh, Waukesha North. You know he flashed last year. Uh, I, on, it was on Tuesday. He had a couple of great uh, receptions 
from what I saw uh, and whatnot. So I think he's going to have a you know big influence this year. AJ Abbott's a very intriguing prospect in my eyes, where you know he, I believe he's a fourth year player, and you know we seen him like especially on Tuesday, he was able to get past um, defenders deep. And that's one thing with Wisconsin is that you want to keep with their run-oriented offense where you very much you've seen how Wisconsin runs the ball. You see eight or nine defenders in the box. They need to keep defenses honest. They need a deep, you know, someone to beat defenders deep. And, you know, I'm not, it's only one practice, and I'll, let me preface it by saying that. But I really did like what I saw at Abbott where he had a couple of deep passes that he reeled in, uh, and Wisconsin needs that. So, what, you know, we saw that even last year and sporadically throughout Danny Davis's career being able to make some deep catches. So, uh, I, I, again, like, you know, just a couple of practices. But, you know, I, I like what I see out of, like, DK and Davis and, and Abbott. Uh, and I'm, in, you know, talking about, you know, who could come in. If Bell and Allen can get in and, and if they're physically ready, if they can pick up the playbook, the more the merrier because, you know, the Graham Mertz has, if you, the more weapons that Graham Mertz has and he has that great arm. And he, I think this year is going to be a big year for him in my eyes with, with developing and maturing uh, the more the merrier in terms of uh, who can uh, reel in those passes. Jake Kokorowski, badgerblitz.com. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Coco, K O C O at Jake Coco. Uh, let's talk about the linebackers on that side. I got a, a couple of pieces up here at badgerblitz.com. Bob Bostad, uh, talked about it as well a, a couple of days ago as far as how those inside linebackers look to this point. Right. And, I mean, it all starts with Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. And for sure. For, you know, with those two, you have obviously a huge leader when it comes with Jack Sanborn, not just as an inside linebackers group, but you're talking. Leo also, Chanel, wasn't it him that yeah. said that him and his brother was were benching 225 yes. in seventh grade? Yes. Holy yes. I, wow. I like, oh, great. Like, yeah, there's like all of us, right? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it took me till like age 36 to even get to that point. Um, so they have, with uh, when it comes to, you know, Leo, I mean, he, and remember too, folks, this is the one thing where he last summer put up 40 reps of 225 pounds, uh, you know, in bench press and did like, and Ross Kalaji said that, the now defensive line coach said that Chanel did 18 reps of 315, which is just wow. absurd. Um, but so the, he's physically, he's a physical specimen, if you want to call him that, where, you know, and, and whatnot, even though he said that he's trying to work, I think, more on cardio. He told us a couple of days ago where, you know, he's, I don't think he's doing as much as he, he's not, imp- I don't think, I don't know if he's improved that 40 rep of 225 mark. But, you know, those two, though, I mean, uh, that's where it all starts. They're the starters. Uh, Mike Mascalunas, who is like a six-year senior, uh, he, you know, has been out uh, with a core injury. So we've seen a lot of Muma Jangmeta and Tate Grass who, you know, 2019 signees, um, I, I, I mean, especially I think I'm on Tuesday, they popped a little bit more to me in my eyes uh, with what uh, they can do. And, you know, that's going to be a position that they're going to need to fill more because if one player goes down, if Sanborn or Chanel goes down, I mean, you know, it's going to be next man up. And I think Masculinus can take either linebacking positions on that inside part uh, for Bob Bosa's group between Sanborn and Chanel, but, you know, it, they need to see something out, out of uh, Jung Meta and Grass and uh, we'll, you know and others in that group. So I, I, there's a lot of potential behind them. It's just going to be interesting to see uh, where they develop and spring's the best time uh, for, for them to do that. We've also seen Jake comments uh, from the Badgers coaches about how talented and how deep this offensive line looks like it's going to be next year. It really is interesting. This, uh, you know, even without Cole Van Lannan, uh, I, I still think there's a lot of experience uh, within this group. 
uh, you know, for that, or John Deaton for that matter, who, you know, to me is just John Deaton. I cannot say enough good things about just what he, how he, how he came back out of retirement and just what he, you know, went through in his Wisconsin career. But without those two, uh, you know, right now we're seeing from, le- you know, left tackle to right tackle, Tyler Beach, Josh Seltzner, Caden Lyles, uh, Jack Nelson, who's a, you know, second year player uh, who's got like a nasty streak to him. You can tell when you watch him on, on spring ball uh, and, you know, then you have uh, Logan Bruss out there. Um, the, you know, that, that from what I saw in those two practices, I didn't see a lot of interchanging with other guys uh, that were on the second team. Uh, but it will be really interesting just to see, you know, how, if that stays. Uh, I like, you know, Tyler Beach. Obviously, you guys, you all know him from Port yep. Washington and just him in his time there. You know, he's, you know, he's played left tackle and right tackle in his career at Wisconsin. And he's, I think he can hold that down well. While, and there's also Logan Bruss. Or not, or there's Logan Bruss who is on the right side, but Logan Brown, uh, who is a very highly touted uh, five star. You know, star. Yeah, he was very much highly touted um, coming out for that class of 2019, and so you know, seeing him and working it will be interesting. I, I say interesting a lot, but like we want to see just how he grows and develops, and if he can push Beach as well, because Beach is a veteran, and you know, you've seen what he can do. I think he's played very well. Uh, so like seeing how. Brown can continue to work through that. I think it'll be something to watch. Uh, the inside guard spots, uh, too, where Cormac Sampson, who was a converted tight end, who also played, you know, can play center, uh, you know, during his career, you know, he's kind of, kind of the quintessential Wisconsin lineman, right? Where he, you plug him in, he can, you know, he's tried working at tackle for a bit. He's been at center. Now he's at guard. Uh, so he's, he, you know, he can play, you know, he's very interchangeable there. Uh, but also on the other side, Michael Furtney, who I think, too is a you know uh, one of those prospects uh, you know who he you know he's been getting work at uh, second team right guard. How does he push Jack Nelson too? So I mean, there's a lot of in uh, spring ball too. Like I said, it's a lot of time for them. You know, we'll see if they change up anything in the coming weeks because uh, you know we all don't remember uh, you know Michael Dieter wasn't out at left tackle for I think it was like the what was it. 2017 season. It wasn't until that last week that he tried out left tackle, and all of a sudden he's starting left tackle for that team. So we'll see what how it changes up. But I do like what Wisconsin has with their their linemen and what's ahead for them. He is Jake Kokorowski. Follow all of his stuff at Jake Coco on Twitter, and of course read all of his stuff at BadgerBlitz.com. Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime you need me, let me know. Y'all have a great weekend. You betcha. You as well. There he is, Jake Kokorowski, BadgerBlitz.com. I'm the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We're applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. Coming up next, Crunchy Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director, is in the mountains of North Carolina. Will his phone work? We'll find out. Coming up next here on the Wendy's Big Show. Not actually Sparky's Midday Madness. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Rami show coming up next from 3 until 6. Along with Evan Heffelfinger. Uh, other side of the glass. He'll be producing that show like always. Getting you ready for the weekend. And then don't forget after Brewers Pirates tonight. After the last pitch you'll make the switch. Pallet windows and doors of Wisconsin post game show. Driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Crunchy, Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director, joining us live from the mountains of North Carolina. What's going on, Kev? Man, it's, uh, yeah, we're having a great time over here. I, I snuck out, uh, you know, while, while I could, while it's early enough to do it. And, uh, yeah, we've just been, we've been hanging out in the Smoky Mountains, avoiding bears, and uh, I have all four limbs. Successful day. 
I, I, you know, I, I know that you're really good at what you do, uh, and being a, a sports TV anchor and being very good at doing play-by-play and being very good at hosting sports talk radio shows as you've done on this station numerous times and being very good as calling in as a guest. I'm here to tell you, man, I, I think you missed your calling. I, I, I hate to break it. You you should have been some type of independent travel agent and just booked people's vacations for cheap wherever they want to go. You are unbelievable when it comes to always traveling you and the wide blaze and always going around everywhere it may be and doing it for dirt cheap. You always find the deals. It's funny that, that you should mention that because this particular trip we used uh... – we did. We had some uh, some credit card points. So the flight down here cost the two of us a combined dollar ninety six. That's one See? of my favorite ones yet. See, that's what I mean. This is the type of stuff I'm talking about, folks. He should be running his own business on the side, man. You could make a lot of money, a lot of money. I'm telling you, Kevin Holden. All right, let's talk about this Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff because they're going to make themselves a lot of money based on how well uh, they've been pitching to this point. The question really is, can a Peralta, a Burns, and a Woodruff keep up pitching at the level they are? Not that they're going to be sub one, but I mean, can these guys all be around three ERAs at the end of the year, Kevin? Yeah, I was going to say, my first thought was like, if you're keeping it up at this pace, like I don't think that Koufax and Drysdale can no. keep it up at this pace. No. But they, uh, they, the thing about it is, the, the things that you look for, with successful starting pitchers, are are tendency that you're seeing now with these guys. Corbin Burns, to me, is the best example. It's not that his ERA is just sub one; it's the 30 strikeouts and the zero walks. Right. Like that's that means something. And if and if he can, I mean, look, that's that's superhuman, obviously. But if he can maintain, you know, if it's if it's 10 to one, if it's 15 to one, that's I mean, you're talking like Cy Young contender type of stuff. For and sure. It's not an anomaly. He was there last year. He was the same guy last year. Woodruff is an ace, and Peralta is emerging. This, to me, is the most pleasant surprise in years for this Brewers team. If they have three guys at this level, they're contenders, in my mind. And, again, you know, Peralta comes over in Lindtray, but for the most part, the, these are three homegrown guys, right? By the time you got Peralta, you still have come up, had to come up through the farm system. So, from, from that perspective... They're all cheap. You got them all for another three years after this year, Kevin. I mean, that's the amazing part about this is you don't got to pay any of these guys $20, $30 million a year at any point in the foreseeable future. That is your jackpot because if there is one thing in Major League Baseball that bankrupts a small market team, it's any attempt at all to get a pitcher who is decent. Ask the the Brewers fans who dealt with Jeff Supon, who dealt with Matt Garza, who dealt with Kyle Lose. These were attempts to find – Three starters, like, like number three starters, and, and they, they weren't coming up with anything and paying a ton of money. Instead, you develop them through the system. They have needed this literally for the last entire generation, and if this is, if this is really true, like if it's going to hold for these three, it's a golden era for the Brewers, and I think the best thing that David Stearns has done in getting the staff to develop these guys. Well, no question. Uh, and, you know, Council said in spring training about Peralta that while they've tried him in the rotation before and it hasn't worked, he thought Peralta had worked enough on his other pitches outside of his fastball that he was ready. And you could see that right off the bat. That first start he had, he couldn't spot the fastball all that well at all and was still able, because of his slider and other breaking pitches, to get through it. And then the next outing he came back, fastball was was spotting a little bit better, wasn't as reliant on the breaking pitches. Now he has an arsenal 
uh, where guys can't just sit on one pitch and wait to hit it. Yeah, that's that's important too because the fastball is fun. That Peralta fastball has so much life and a little bit of rise to it. But you add in the other pitches, and like you say, you can if you can succeed not having your number one pitch. There's there's your difference, man. That's that's when you take these these kids and turn them into into pitchers, not throwers. I mean, they're still going to throw hard, but if they can understand those other parts of pitching, man, it's, it is. I swear to me, it is the thing we've talked about for the entirety of my time in Milwaukee, which is coming up on 12 years. The Brewers have always, always, always needed two more starting pitchers, and I think they've got them finally. Yeah, they definitely have them. Now, the, now obviously, the question becomes with the fans, what about the hitting? Whoever thought we'd be at this point after having Braun and Fielder and Hardy and Hart and those guys in weeks where it was all about the hitting and you were desperately trying to find some pitching where you had to overpay for Jeff Supon, for God's sakes, in order to try and do it. Now you're in a situation where people are looking at the pitching going, we're good, if not great at that point. Now we got to figure out, can we get consistent hitting? And I firmly believe this hitting will be fine. These guys, most of them, have resumes long enough to know that it's all going to work itself out. Are there are a couple of things to me that I think can, can jump. I mean, one is that the, the entire team-wide slump last year is not something that you could bet on again just, just by the law of averages. You're going to get a better Yelich. You're getting something out of Kane, which is more than you got last year. Uh, th- those things will be there. But the other half is you're looking for some sort of performance from guys like Luis Arias. And I, and I understand that Arias isn't – I don't know if he is living up to that top prospect status, but what he's doing – is taking a lot of walks. The on-base percentage is high. And and not only does that help, I think it's going to force uh, Craig Council to continue to sort of churn what he's doing in his lineup before he continues to have this high on-base percentage. I know his batting average isn't where, where he'd want him to be, certainly not the power numbers, but you may see him up in the order a little bit just to get guys on base. Uh, that's that's significant to me. The rest of it I'm not too worried about. Keston here is a professional hitter. He's going to be fine as long as this first base thing doesn't get in his head. There's no worries on that front. The outfield situation looks great. There's four guys for three spots. So, yeah, it's there are a couple of weak spots. But, honestly, when you talk about, like, you know, regression versus progression, I think they're going to progress just fine to where they should be, which is a pretty good offense. Talking with Kevin Holden of CBS 58 as he's in the Smoky Mountains uh, currently joining us uh, here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When we talk about this Brewers team then right now, again, middle of April, long ways to go. If there were a weakness or a concern that you may have right now, is it the hitting then still? It is, and it's a couple of people specifically. I, I like what I've seen from Travis Shaw to this point. Certainly has seemed like he's recaptured a lot of his pre-2019, but there's a little part of me that's a little nervous that, that 2019 Shaw might might rear back at some point, and I don't know if that happens, what exactly you do at third base. Uh, you know, Arcia, who was the other third baseman, has been traded. That's going to be a bit of a question. I, and, and going back to Keston here, again, you just don't want the mental games to be played. So there's the other, the other question. I think he'll be fine. But we have seen people where defensive lapses have begun to mess with them offensively. That's a bit of a thing. Uh, those, those probably offensively are my biggest concerns. I suppose you could see Urias fall, you know, a bit uh, in there. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, in my mind, I'd love if we could get to this, this world where you had that combination of offense from like 10 years ago 
and pitching staff from now, that's a world champion level team. I mean, that, that would be unbelievable if somehow a Prince Fielder walked through that door. I'd teach Keston here to play third base if a Prince Fielder walked in that door right now. Uh, I'd trade Keston here if Prince Fielder walked in that door right now. That's a good call. That really is. You, and you'd get a ton for him. But would you, though? Would you really? Because he didn't hit last year. He has no position defensively if he doesn't figure out first base. So is there really a ton of value for Keston Hira? See, that's the thing. Like, when he was coming up, Kevin, again, to be completely honest, he's my favorite player on this team. He's my favorite player. So, and for me, you know, it's hard sometimes to have favorite players in some of these teams. But for me, Hira is a favorite player of mine. When he was coming up, I'm like, he might win a band title. Then he got here that first first go around. You're like he's he very well might win a batting title. And then last year happened. And I was like, ah, I, I don't pay any attention to this. There's no way this is real. He'll be fine next year. And now we come back this year. Struggled in spring training. Got hot for a week or two. Season starts and we go right back into the funk where we were again. And I'm not saying I'm starting to doubt myself about whether or not I think he'll win a batting title, but he's got to put together a good stretch here if he is going to have any value if they do want to trade him at some point. Yeah, that's that, and the biggest thing is he'll have to find some sort of consistent defensive position, especially if the National League isn't bringing back the designated hitter. And by the way, I don't know if there's a National League team hurt worse by the league's decision to wait so long to decide on the DH than the Brewers. I think a couple of things could have gone differently if the NL had set off the top in spring training this year, they'd have a DH. You might have Ryan Braun on this team right now. You could certainly have right. in here at DHing a lot. And, and then the trade value changes. Then an American League team sees his value as a hitter, and you do that as a designated hitter, which would make a, a ton more sense to me. So, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't get for him what you got a year or two ago I just, man, that is a sweet swing, and there's some professional stuff going on. What he does with pitches off, you know, off the plate outside, just, it's, it, it's, it's rare to me, and I, I still think the rest of it will work itself out. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 I firmly believe they thought that they were going to get the DH. I thought they were going to get the DH. I'd been saying it forever. They're getting the DH. There's going to be expanded playoffs. There's too much money involved here not to have both of those things in the game. It just had to happen, and – Next thing you once they signed Vogelbach, Kevin, really for me was where it was. When they signed Vogelbach, I said, well, DH is coming back. They know it's coming, so they signed him. And, and then you add a Jackie Bradley Jr. to go along with the other three outfielders. Then I was convinced this thing was going to get done here at some point, and it never did. And now you're sitting here looking at it going, all right, Vogelbach is, can play from time to time at first base or whatever. Fine. I, I kind of get that. But you know, would you rather have had somebody else in Vogelbach's spot in the offseason if, you know, you knew the DH wasn't coming back? It had to be a calculated risk. And it had mean, to be. Stearns, to me, took that risk on the side of having the DH. And it turns out to be wrong. And I still imagine, uh, you know that Simpsons thing with the old man shaking his fist at the cloud? Oh, yeah. I feel like that Stearns and Manfred right now. <laughs> He's just like, are you serious, dude? I could have an offense that's 90 if you gave me a DH right now. Plus, these pitchers... That, that didn't get a chance to do anything last year in a 60-game season, have to go out there and hit. And Bruce fans know it well from Jimmy Nelson on the bases. Like, I get nervous when these pitchers hit. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see any injuries out there. So, yeah, I, I, I am a baseball traditionalist. But when this happens, and it will happen, the National League gets the designated hitter. I'm ready to just close that book and move on because it's time, as you said. Speaking of uh, traditionalists, Kevin Holden of CBS 58, Tapera came out today, the Cubs pitcher who threw behind Brandon Woodruff. 
uh, and said that he was really surprised that he got suspended, uh, that there was no malicious intent, but he feels like they had had enough. Uh, And then he also said that he believes baseball has gone a bit soft. Back in the day, you would settle things on the field. I said uh, at the beginning of the show, after I read those comments on the air, that I believe NBA, NFL, and MLB all have gone soft uh, in the last 10 or so years, and it's no different here. It was fine to settle the score on the field for 100 years, uh, and now it's not. And as Dan Plucker pointed out, my executive producer said it's, it's uh, you know, really looks at looking at society and how society has changed and sports have kind of changed with society. Would you say baseball uh, has become soft? That's, that's, I, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think uh, that if you're, if you're thinking of it in a more general sense, it's probably the case. Like you just, you don't, it used to be in the summertime, you would see several times a year, like the real just knockdown drag out, almost like WWE style kind of thing. And, and baseball fights usually don't have the same kind of uh, oomph as other ones. Anyway, there's a lot of guys standing behind other guys, pointing at people a lot of times, but even that doesn't happen anymore. Although in this case, to me, this particular case is a little bit different. And the reason why is Brandon Woodruff, you know, when, when they threw behind him and he looked at, uh, you know, at the pitcher and he, he kind of nodded and said, okay, okay. I feel like he kind of threw ice on the heat right there. And, and the Brewers had the advantage here because the Cubs are the ones kind of being aggressors. Contreras is the one, you know, throwing his elbow out at pitches. And honestly, I feel like it's a bit of a talent difference. And since the Brewers have the talent difference, they are choosing not to be incited by what the Cubs are doing. That I like. But I, I, so I'm saying yes to both. I, I, I think the, the Brewers were smart to do what they do, but I do agree that baseball has, is significantly softer than it used to be. Uh, one, one last thing. I, I started playing fantasy football or fantasy baseball again, I should say, this year after a very long, long hiatus from fantasy baseball. And what I realize is I don't think I should be playing fantasy baseball. I, 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 I don't because I, I consistently, I think I've made 15 or 20 moves already and we just started. Like I am the most impatient person in the world, shocking to nobody. I am constantly looking to figure out ways to upgrade through free agency or whatever. And because it's day to day lineups and all this other stuff, I just don't know how y'all do this, uh, you know, week to week, day to day. I, I'm just way too impatient. It, it is extremely difficult, and, I, and I, I have some great stories about impatience costing me. I think my, my favorite one is about 10 years ago, there's a kid coming up for the Angels and lasted about a week in his first, uh, first run with the team, and they, they sent him back to the minor leagues for a little more seasoning. And I'm like, all right, so much for Mike Trout. I'm dropping him. Oh! And it was a keeper league spark. Oh my god! So I, uh, yeah, that. So, so trust me, I, I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm immune to impatience. I am absolutely not. But uh, it's there's a, you know, there's an instinct to it, right? Like sometimes you gotta, you gotta know that like your me Mercedes is a fantastic story and dude can hit, but he's not going to hit like that all year. Thank you. Yes. Correct. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing is having patience because again, it's limited in this league that I'm in. It's limited roster spots on the bench. There's just not enough. There's not many. I drafted Kalanick early on knowing he was going to the minors. I didn't care. I was just going to wait. I'm figuring he'll be here in June. I'll have him for four months. I'll play with him for four months. I'll wait. But not being able to use that other roster spot right now is absolutely killing me. So now I'm having to cut pitchers and do all this other crazy stuff. And I mean, we're winning this week and all, but still, it's just, oh my God, it's so stressful. Yeah. Shallow benches are tough, and that's and that's. Uh, I'm in a league with with two bench spots total, 
and uh, and it kills me. And so what what I've gone to doing with a, with a league with two bench spots is sometimes my four and five starters. It's a weekly transaction league. Sometimes my four and five starters are different every single week. It's just whoever's starting twice that's available. Good idea. I mean, you have to. There's a point where you have to like start playing with active spots if you can't play with reserve spots, right? I mean, that's right. that's what I've had to do. And yeah, it's it kills me because I had uh, oh I can't remember now, but I had some pitcher that threw absolutely lights out the first week, and then I dropped it because I I need to win this week. And and you know, there's a good two star pitcher out there, and I don't have room for this guy. It breaks my heart, but you have to do it. It is unbelievable. He is Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director, Baseball Aficionado. Thanks so much, Kevin. Enjoy your time in the Smoky Mountains. You better believe it. We're gonna we're gonna go chase down uh, some bears here. That they we've avoided them to this point, but uh, now that I've eaten barbecue, <clears throat> I'm a I'm a target now. They're coming after me. That's not good. Good luck. <laughs> There he is. Kevin Hull of CBS 58 and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline will apply for home renovation loan. If you're feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Got some news on the Milwaukee Bucks uh, involving the Timberwolves and the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat as well. I'll tell you what that's all about coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on a Friday, getting you ready for the Romney Show coming up next. I told you there was something going on with the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, and the T-Wolves. This just coming out from the Timberwolves website, I guess, uh, is where I'm looking at it from. Uh, and it says the Timberwolves and Lynx, which is their WNBA team, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, and Miami Heat, will auction off signed and player-issued shirts uh, to benefit the Dante Wright Memorial Fund, which has been designated uh, as the official fund to support the Wright family. Fans will have the opportunity to bid on the quote. Oh, and now my screen just went away. Hold on. Uh, to bid on the quote with liberty and justice for all, end quote, warm-up shirts from this week's games played at Target Center in Minneapolis. Bidding begins today and is open uh, at Timberwolves.com slash auction and will close at the conclusion of the final buzzer of tonight's Wolves Heat game. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, those are some of the teams uh, that are helping out at this moment in time. I know one thing, if you're interested in a new career, Young Express uh, is the place that you want to work with, not for, with, because you're going to become a full-time independent contractor, a successful transporter of expedited freight. All it means is you go from point A to point B, pick stuff up, and drop stuff off. You are driving for a career. Get to listen to the fan all day long. Bart Winkler, Wendy's Big Show, Sparky's Midday Madness, The Rami Show, Tim after Brewers games, like all the time. McGivern Saturdays, as I like to call it, from you know 8 a.m. until noon. You got the Cutting Edge Outdoors show from 6 to 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. It's perfect, right? And you live a stress-free lifestyle, put the windows down, turn up the radio to the fan, and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. Now, 99% no-touch freight, which means if you're a small dude like me, this works. The freight is loaded and offloaded for you, so all you have to do is worry about is driving. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for becoming a successful transporter of expedited freight. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them, and uh, Rami Makhlouf has... uh, Walked into the studio and apparently wants to talk before his show. Oh, I don't yeah. have to. I, yeah. just, I yes, thought you might want me to. No, uh, yeah, it's already 3 o'clock. I'm just here. What, what, uh, just you here. kicked me off the air yesterday because I was at 3.01. It was still on the air. I was I, joking. I wasn't trying kinda. to, you know. I was kind of kidding. 
You know, it's interesting that last night on Twitter, yeah. uh, our guy Dan Plucker, other side of the glass, uh, hopped into a I conversation like that, that I, like I, I really wasn't much. involved in. I used to. Um, and, and, I used to and like ma- him. made a comment uh, about, you know, you falling apart yesterday uh, and having the all way, these issues. Back at it today. Uh, yeah, and uh, having all these issues. And he Worked made some comment hard. about maybe that's Worked why. Out. Hard. Maybe that's why you couldn't beat me in that race years ago. I'm ready for uh, a rematch anytime and, you are, man. Just I like just, I said last night on Twitter. I understand. I and told I, you to meet me in the parking lot at 3 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock. You want to go uh, out there? I, I understand. But hold on a second. We can take a I, microphone out there. No, we can't. Or I'm Evan. so concerned at what I've started. Plucker, <laughs> Evan, could give the play-by-play. I will, I Would wanna... you just settle down? Let me tell the story. So, last night, Plucker tweets back at Rami. Fine. So, I see it. I don't know how much later I saw it, but I saw it. So, I tweeted back something along the uh, along the lines of, you know, Rami's an old guy now. Like, that's not nobody old. So then Rami got mad because I said old guy and challenged me to go run in the parking lot. Yeah. Now I tried. I swear to God, uh-huh. I, I, on a stack of Bibles, uh-huh. I tried sending the same tweet four times in the matter of fifteen minutes, and it was would not send. Not like oh send. It's not sending. It's going to save here and then try. Oh, right. 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 So I wanted to send a tweet uh-huh. of, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to make you Humpty Dumpty all over the parking lot. And I had a picture of Humpty Dumpty. I'm, not the, Humpty one, I'm Dumpty. not the one who got broken. Really? Right. That That's what it was. That, that I don't want that to happen. It happened to me. It happened to you. Right. And who was it? it somebody on Twitter put up I'm, a- I'm an athlete. Somebody, right. I'm in peak physical condition. Somebody on Twitter, was it Ziggy? Is that who it was? Put up a screenshot of the race. And I beat Robbie by like two It was two a legs. step. It was a step. Oh, there was you a got lot. me by a step. That is not true. You got there me by a step. There was a lot no, of air no. between where I was about to go down and where you were running at that point. And as I said before in that race, I thought you were close. You were. I was. But I thought you were close. So I didn't Dude, one of those, we can do this right I, now. You want to do this right now? I, we can do I, this I, right I, now. Parker, I, I do one of those things where you like you see on TV where you like lean to try and beat mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Right. So I lean, lost my balance, went down yeah, to that giant head of yours. But absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can't lean that thing forward. No, it's doubt. taking you down every time. Absolutely. No, he has to lean it forward. He has to balance it correctly so that Correct. he has more weight going forward than back, Rami. Right. Oh man. But the thing about this, even with my gigantic head, I still beat you carrying this thing. And beat you significantly at that point. So now, you want he, a rematch, Robbie's man. all fired up. You right? want a rematch? We can do this. Evan Heffelfinger, who I didn't even know was even on Twitter last night at this moment of time. This joker. He hops in and this is like, joker. hey, I want it because I want to show Robbie up faster than him. Look at Evan. He's ready to go. <laughs> He's ready to this go, guy. too. I feel like I'm in the middle this of like a WWE but, match but, right but now. But this is the thing I'm here. wearing Vans. I will kick both of your asses. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. First of all, um, there's, there's a lot of liability involved if we're going to go outside and run. <laughs> Uh, the general manager is here and all of those other things. I don't know if that's such a good idea today. But having said that, I don't think it's a good idea for you to race Evan because he's much younger than you. And I'll it's smoke gonna, that kid, dude. I, I, are you kidding me? I don't think you could be. Evan, are you comfortable sharing your weight on the air? I will I, smoke I that kid. Uh, more than 200. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, more than <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> You Son. underestimate how fast I am. I think you're fast. I trust you. Back yeah. when I played football, I was faster than half of the skill position players. Okay. And I know because we would race. You played right. basketball, too. I played My basketball. guy played basketball. How played long ago was that? I mean, like seven, eight All years right. ago. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last time you were in high school? That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm, 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 oh, I work out every okay. day, dude. Yes. I throw big weights. All right, you yeah. want to throw Evan under the bus for not you know being in high school for a few years? You know, You've been done, in high school in like 20 you years. Know, you know, I've done 180 <laughs> days of yoga in the last year. Are you aware of this? Does yoga make you faster? No. Everything. All no. of this contributes no. to it. I am. Mm-hmm. I am a fine-tuned athlete over here. I mean, yeah. my neck like hurts. 
my neck hurts and my toe hurts and I got an earache, but I am a finely tuned machine over here, guys. Precision tuned oh, yeah, muscle yeah. car is what you're looking at. Too, so, oh yeah, my foot hurts. Yeah. Oh, that's all I, all this I, stuff I will go on. outside with either one of you right go now. Ahead. Go out there with okay, Evan. Okay, let's go. go. Go with Evan. I got a radio Plunker, show to do. Go out there, shoot video, and we'll post it I want it a rematch with Sparky go before ahead. I do anything. I'll, I'll talk on the I want a rematch. I want a rematch with Sparky before I do anything. You said you'd go race Evan. I want a rematch with Sparky before I do anything. He has no interest in racing Evan at all. I'll race Evan. I will race Evan once I beat you. Okay, fine. Once I'm done smoking you. What do you have on your show today other than talking about- I'm just going to talk about how I'm going to smoke you in a race for three hours. That's what's going to happen. No, I have uh, Frank Madden, Locked on Bucks, coming up at 3.30. The the Hammer, Ryan Horvat, with his picks coming up at 3.45. Timmy will be here at 4.45 for some uh, draft mockery, mock draft madness. Yesterday, we drafted our favorite childhood toys. What's your favorite childhood toy, Spark? He-Man. See? I voted for you. Thank you. I, I had a great list, didn't did. I? Well, I don't. The Rubik's Cube thing was weird to me, but the rest of it, I agree. See, with. Rubik's Cube, I might have outthought myself. Clearly. Because I was because all of mine were very generation specific. Mm-hmm. All of mine were from, you know, the 80s, 90s when I was growing up. Right. Um, I wanted something that transcended generations because Evan had a couple things that transcended generations. Tim had it. So I might have overth- overthought myself. My buddy pointed out this morning, should have gone Thundercats. That would have made more sense. Should have gone Thundercats yeah. instead of Rubik's Cube with that fourth My one. brother was a big Ninja Thundercats. Turtles. Ninja Turtles would definitely would have been another good. Yes, oh, there was a lot of good ones left on the table. I think we yeah. might have to do a day two of the toy draft. Yeah. That's up to Tim, though. He's the commissioner of draft mockery. Yeah, I definitely voted for you. But again, we're the same age, so it makes no, sense not. for me to vote You're for old. you. You're old. We're not the same age. You're old. Well, yeah. What are you, three years younger than me? Four. A full four years younger you than you. You are definitely not change. four years yeah. younger than me. Yeah, I am. 79. When were you born? 76. Nice try. Early Math. 76, though, right? Early 76? Because I was late 79. This is the guy See, who had a .001 f- in high school. It was not a .01. It was a .08. And it was only after one year. Freshman. Freshman year. So smart. Did you hear the story about Gary earlier? How he got kicked out of his elementary school that what? his mother taught at? No. Yes. Please tell. Do tell. I it's just, fine. I don't care that we're in. in he got kicked out here. of his elementary school that his mother worked at. How? What did he do? Uh, he said several things. Like he was just, he was always taking kids' marbles and doing stuff. Yeah. Me and Plucker learned that today. Plucker, were you as astonished as I was by that? Uh, taking kids' marbles. Yes. yes. I, I mean, Gary does not seem like that kind of guy. Right. But I, I guess like people change. He can, he can, I could see how he would be a bully. I mean, he was a football player made yeah. in the NFL, you know, like Plucker came up with he's the a big dude. He was a good run. He was like, he, his, his dude, running style was yeah. like I'm hardcore. You, like if, to, if today Gary tried to take my marbles, he could probably have my marbles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.